0: Welcome to What Do You Think? I'm Al. And I'm C. And on this very special, solemn episode, we are joined by our good ally, Jay. Say hi, Jay.
1: Hi, Jay.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's good to have you back, Jay.
0: This is is a serious, solemn occasion. We got to treat it with the respect and stuff it deserves. So I I just got to say, guys, guys, fuck white people, am I right? White people suck.
2: (laughs) <laughs> we're we're really... Um, we, we've got a lot of work to do. <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> no, no,
0: but, but, but in all seriousness...
1: No, 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 not a lot of work, just a lot more apologizing.
2: Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so, every year there's a new movie about what we did. It's like, well, shit. <laughs> well, I didn't even know about this one. Yeah, Fuck. look, I, I love how... I, they, that's not even meant as a joke. Like, I didn't really know. I love how this movie don't,
0: even references the other big thing that... Everyone forgot that white people did in Oklahoma the Tulsa riots, which got, came back to the public consciousness with um, that, uh, that Watchmen TV show from HBO, if I'm not mistaken. It
1: was the Watchmen, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Okay.
0: Uh, but, folks, we were actually talking about Martin Scorsese's newest pic- newest picture, an epic of sorts. No, not of sorts. It is an epic. Uh, Killers of the Flower Moon uh his Mm -hmm. what is it three and a
2: half hours three hours 45 minutes three and a half three and a half hours it's three and a half hours long which is why we struggled to find a show we tried to see this together and then gave up because um the show times were so limiting and we you can't start this at a 10 p.m showing you just can't do that not with 30 minutes of trailers and three, and then a three-and-a-half-hour yeah, movie. Yeah,
0: I went to the 10 a.m. showing, uh, and I was like, that's like the earliest matinee. And by the time I got out, it was like it was like almost 3 p.m.
2: <laughs> Wait, what? 10 a.m.? It was almost 3? I, I, yeah, I think so. That, how does that work? Uh, never I mind. Guess I to
1: see it almost being two. Yeah. I mean, how many trailers did you have?
2: It was
0: 30 minutes of trailers.
2: So... 11, 12, 11. Okay, almost. It can be two, two-ish. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, uh, yeah. Flowers,
0: flowers, or killers of the flower moon. Uh, la, la la la. Killers of the flower moon. Uh, this again. You know, it's it's really interesting. Um, kind of, kind of going a little broad here. That really since uh, since he rapped on Wolf of Wall Street, Scorsese has basically. You know, he's in that stage of his life that he's like, I don't while he's not doing a Tarantino being like oh i'm i'm old so i need to retire he's pretty much admitted that he's going to keep going up until the inevitable up mm-hmm. until he goes he goes to the big good fellas in the
2: sky but he has indicated that he's going to slow down
0: yeah but w- the point i'm getting at is that basically since he wrapped on Wolf of Wall Street which was in a weird way a a kind of a hired gun project for him, kind of like how *The Departed* was a hired gun project for him, everything he's made since have been passion projects, things he's been trying to get off the ground for years. *Silence* he's been trying to get that made since the '90s. Uh, *The Irishman* he's been trying to get that made again since the late '90s, and *Killers of the Flower Moon*. He's been he tried
2: to, make- to. He's been trying to make this since *Goodfellas*. Really? Yes, he's been trying to make *Killers of the Flower Moon* for a long time. In <laughs> fact, his movie. Uh, I've never seen this one movie of his, but I think it's called Kundun. Is that what it's called? Yeah. So he admitted in an interview recently that a lot of the shots he did for Kundun are some of the shots he had planned for Killers of the Flower Moon at the time. And you see a few... There's a reference to it in the opening shot, because the opening shots of Killers of the Flower Moon and Kundun are very similar. So Very so, similar, apparently. So,
0: so basically... Everything since uh, everything since Wolf of Wall Street has been the movies he's wanted to make since Kundun. So, I guess,
2: <laughs> <laughs> I guess.
0: Um, but no, that, that that kind of brings up an interesting an interesting thing is this stage of Scorsese's career where he's only doing the things that really really mean a lot to him. Basically, no more, no more like uh, director for higher projects for him. Uh, not and no more like. Um, no, no more anything that he's not, like, all in on. Like, how, how have you guys seen this new era of Scor- of Scorsese's career? Uh, Jay, you're our guest, so you, you go first. Uh,
1: well, he's definitely making them a lot longer. Um, and it's honestly reminding me a little bit of prequel Lu- uh, George Lucas, where, you know, he's the executive producer and he's, got all the control and this is something he's been wanting to make for, you know, a decade or so and and there's not enough people telling him no. And I'll get into that more later, but I think I don't know how you guys feel about the Irishman, but I hated the Irishman. I was bored. I was not impressed by any of the de-aging effects that they tried to do with it. Um, And I have more to say about how old his actors are for this one, too. I just... Um, so I think, I mean, good for him for getting to a point in his career where he can make his passion projects, um, and, you know, get the funding for those, like he has, which is, you know, not a lot of people get that. So, you know, congrats to that. But at the same time, I think he's a little in over his head at times. So I, I want him to check himself a little bit with these, but at the same time, like this is a pretty impressive point to get to in your career
0: i something something you mentioned that i'm not pushing back but i just wanted to kind of kind of comment on something you said the reason the re uh, is so of these three movies only silence was made in the traditional like hey i have not
1: seen silence
0: oh okay okay well 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 what i'm what i was going to say is that silence is the was the only one that was made in the traditional like Hey, here's a pitch. Uh, Let's try to get this movie done. Oh, here are the constraints. Like, The original idea of Silence was that Liam Neeson's character was going to be played by Daniel Day-Lewis. Andrew Mm -hmm. Garfield's character was going to be played by Gull Garcia Bernal. And uh, Adam Driver's character was going to be played by Benicio Del Toro. Uh, and, And again, this is like late 90s or early 2000s is like when he tried to get... Oh,
2: so you're saying that. these are the, the actors that were going to be in the 90s version? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, oh, and, okay. And, gotcha. and,
0: essentially, and essentially what happened was... That makes uh, sense. When he <laughs> finally was able to convince, like, a rich guy to give him money, he ba- the rich guy basically said, hey, those actors you want, they're too expensive. Get cheaper people. And, you know, he got Liam Neeson, Andrew Garfield, Adam Driver. And uh, so, so, again, like... Silence was the only movie where people were telling Scorsese, no. And it's interesting that Jay brought this up because to me, and let I'm, I'm saying this because it's still true to me, but I'm not, I'm not trying to make it like a, a comment on the quality of Killers of the Flower Moon, but Silence of the Three is still my, my, my preferred one, still my favorite. Silence really affected me personally, so it's still my favorite. Uh, but then The Irishman. It was done by Netflix, a streaming service. Killers of the Flower Moon, bankrolled by Apple, who also has a streaming service. And in these two, we have, we have film projects where there was no no. Oh, you want to cast Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, and Joe Pesci, even though they're 30 years older than when you originally envisioned them in these roles? Sure. Cast them. Oh, you you want to um, you want to spend how much money on experimental de aging? Where so the re- folks the reason the de aging is so bad and it's kind of an open secret if you follow any post post production uh, forums or gatherings of people who work in post is that Scorsese did not want trackers on his actors' faces. And folks, for those that don't know, if you're trying to do like CGI on a human face. Any kind, kind of visual of, effects, really. Yeah. Yeah. You need trackers. And Scorsese was very much like, no, that gets in the way of the performance. I don't want that. So basically, well, the, then it's not going to work. Did you
1: not watch a Marvel movie?
0: <laughs> no. We, we <laughs> no. know that. We know the answer to that. Yeah. Um, so he pretty much demanded like a whole new way of, of doing this de-aging process mm-hmm. that, I mean, the results speak for themselves. Uh, and in Colors of the Flower Moon, um, nobody And I mean nobody was willing to tell him no In terms of the editing And in terms of who was going to get cast in this picture And uh, I think Jay in his review will mention it further So, But but yeah. again I, I, I kind of wanted to say that Of the three, Silence was the only one That had the bankrollers saying no And to me I think that's the sh- a, a stronger film for it uh, But anyway, anyway I, I've said my piece See, how about you?
2: Well, I mean, I gotta agree with what you're saying, what both of you are saying. Um, in his new era, so let's just say from Wolf of Wall Street forward, Silence is the best one. It absolutely is this amazing. It it's without going into too much of what it's about, he's th- okay. Throughout other movies he's made, he's been trying to say what he finally said in silence. That's the best way I can say it. He finally got what he was going for in that. He was finally able to address his relationship with his beliefs, I guess you could say. That's all I'll, that's with all his I'll faith, add. Yeah. With his faith, yeah. But that's all I'll say. He, but he was under certain restrictions to do that. And here's the thing though, like, I don't know the full inner workings of every movie he's ever made. I don't know the full behind-the-scenes stories. But I know another example before this new era of him of when he was probably given more restrictions and then when he wasn't. And we actually have a near one-to-one comparison of this. We have Goodfellas and we have Casino, okay? Now, both at the end of the day are these movies about the mob. Different aspects of the mob, but they're very similar in the way they tell their story. Guess what? Most people view Goodfellas as the better movie, myself included. And you can, what, I don't know, like I said, I don't know the real story behind it, but just by looking at it, you can tell that he had complete free reign on Casino. That movie was given, clearly given a lot of money for its time. And he got to do whatever he wanted. He got to fulfill his fantasy for that. Now with Goodfellas, who knows? Maybe maybe he still had free reign. Maybe he didn't. But we see there is history to when Scorsese, and this is and he's not the only director like this. But Scorsese is a great example of it, where you when you give him whatever he wants, he's like a a a kid in a candy store. He'll really do whatever he wants. But you know, when you give him the slightest restraint, turns out he very creatively, potentially creatively is able to get around it and ends up making something really incredible. I feel like that's what we're saying here. And I'm saying there's previous evidence to that. Um, yeah. To, to, and I want to, I, I want to just
1: like defend, of course I see a little bit too, like, like saying that there wasn't someone to tell him, no, that doesn't, that doesn't like negate his talents and his vision and, and what he brings to the table, that just means there was no one there to check him when he went too far, or, or no one there to challenge him to try a new avenue and, and be more creative with something, um. And that's that's what like part of the filmmaking process is, is like. You need barriers, you need obstacles to get around or work around, and and like you hear all these behind the scenes stories a lot. Like that's what makes the movie better.
2: Well, it is. And and that's an excellent point, because it's an inherently collaborative process. And it's very rare where singular visions with no restrictions work. I think the only case that we can argue, and it's not always the case, is with like when Kubrick had a singular vision. He's kind of like the only example that I can think of where he was such a force on set that he would not allow people to... Say no to him, and that was one of the few examples. But there's other problematic stories we hear from that, of course. But I see what you're saying, Janet. Your defense of Scorsese is completely correct too. Like at the end of the day, Scorsese is still a fantastic director. I mean, we all love Raging Bull for crying out loud. My God, you know. So yeah. you know, it's
0: interesting. I, I don't think this is something that's just a, a, that's an issue with Scorsese. I think since the dawn of the uh, of the streaming platform. Where everyone and their mother is trying to get trying to get iconic American filmmakers to make movies and put them on their platforms. Everyone's just telling directors now, hey, uh, you know those pesky producers who were saying, uh, oh, but the budget, uh, oh, but the budget, uh, oh, but you know, uh oh, the runtime, all this and that. They're, they're all telling them, No, we'll give you all the money you want. I mean, like, this this is David Fincher with Netflix, um, this is uh, <laughs> this is going to be this is going to be Ridley Scott with Apple with his uh, Napoleon movie that he's releasing oh, a 4 yeah. hour cut of. Fucking uh, really? 4 yeah. hours? 4 hour cut the- on exclusively on Apple TV+. Plus. That's
1: not oh. the theatrical
0: release though, right? No, no, it's not the theatrical release, no. Well, oh, damn, yeah.
2: now I don't know which one to pick. Because, <laughs> well, that's a story for a different time with Ridley and his cuts. And but director's anyway. cuts. <laughs> and- <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's but, a different but, story. But, but here's the funny thing. With Ridley
0: Scott, you're always like the director's cut is usually the superior cut. But who knows? Who Four for, hours is a bit mm. much, but who knows? Yeah. L- literally, the what I've been hearing is that it's Ridley Scott going like, oh, my God, Joaquin Phoenix is a great actor. Let's keep all his scenes. But anyway. <laughs>
2: Oh, God. Uh, but, but he's yep. worked with Walk. All right, fine, whatever. Well, that's this isn't about Ridley. We'll get to that episode, folks. I promise. This is um. This is also
0: the Russo brothers with Netflix and Apple TV. There, they kind of have deals with both. This is mm-hmm. um. Uh, who does who does Max have like wrapped around their little finger? Um.
1: Well, Max is Warner Brothers too.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah but I'm trying to remember like. Well, basically, basically, now everyone's saying like, "Hey, we're going to give these directors an unlimited amount of budget, and do Crazy do whatever movie. do whatever you want." And what we've we been noticing is that it's it's everyone's indulging, everyone's doing indulgences. It's not just Scorsese. Scorsese is just the highest profile because you know he's
2: Martin freaking Scorsese. In and this isn't this isn't because actually this is a director who really hasn't been doing a lot of streaming. But in his way, and we've talked about this in the um, Fableman's episode, but in his way, Spielberg indulges but in a very in a very Spielberg way he doesn't indulge like other directors do but, but Spiel, he, he does Spielberg, his own thing
0: Spielberg can indulge because up until recently he was like always a box office draw and, and you know what's interesting you know who hasn't indulged even though well they don't do the streaming thing and they've always come under budget hmm. uh, oh I was also going to say, Michael Bay indulged in in when he was with Netflix for a time. Also,
2: Steven Soderbergh has been making a ton of movies on streaming services too. Yeah, he just makes whatever he wants. <laughs> yeah, but Steven Soderbergh has always made whatever he wanted. This is Let true. It, Anyways, what were we going to say? Sorry,
0: I, I was going to say like even though he hates streaming, studios still give him all the money. Nolan does not overindulge like as much as everyone else does. This is uh, true. I, I think that's probably more to do with the fact that the way he films, he just really can't. Uh, he, as you know, he's, he's so dead set on doing everything in camera that like whatever he wants to do, that's insane. Probably gets grounded by the fact of like, can a camera do this? I don't know. But um, his
1: scripts are also like straight to the point and, and very, like, he sticks to a script very strictly.
0: Yes, he too. does. He does because folks and folks, for those that don't know, not only is Nolan one of the best filmmakers of his generation, he's him and his wife are damn good producing treat duo in the sense of like they, their pre-production is so meticulous that there has not been a Nolan movie that has come in over budget. In fact, they've all come in under budget. Damn. All of
1: the- they even why. made back profit for interstellar with the cornfield.
2: <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, I know this story. I knew. Yes. This I yeah. knew.
1: So for those who don't know, in the cornfield in interstellar he they grew that farm themselves and then sold the farm and the corn and made money back for the budget of the film
2: mm. so that's insane and, and you
0: know as as we were talking about nolan i just remembered another filmmaker who's been given a ton of money by a streaming service again netflix and mm-hmm. i'm kind of terrified to see what their indulgence looks like and that's what? Zack Snyder.
2: Oh like, God! With his, Re- with his <laughs> well, rebel moon, duology. rebel moon geez, duology. I didn't know it was a duology. Yeah. Fuck. Well,
1: you already had that zombie one, right? With with Batista. Uh,
2: yeah, and here is what
0: here is the thing about the zombie one was that I was like, okay, so Zack Snyder indulges by using old, uh, old like prime lenses from the fifties. Okay, that's it's weird, but it's not
2: terrible. It looks neat, um, sort of,
0: and and, uh, and then like. I saw the trailer for rebel moon that has like all the worst impulses of Zack Snyder. And I was like, Oh, oh no, this is his Netflix movie. This one is the is the one where you're like, oh, that's definitely Zack Snyder, because no one told him no.
2: Yeah, that that really and I love when he's like, This was my idea for Star Wars, and I'm like, Jesus Christ. Oh, like, no, I'm almost I'm almost glad it's this instead of whatever he's gonna do for Star Wars. I, I love I love how like when the when it leaked that he
0: was pitching a seven samurai type movie to Lucasfilm. That he was like, no, 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 that's stupid. I, I'd never do that. And then, like, when the trailer for Rebel Moon comes out, he like, was like, you want to you walk that back? No, he, he basically was like, yeah, but, you know, you know, we always have to deny, deny, deny when it comes to Lucasfilm. And I was like, I can see why this didn't move forward. Like, you can say a lot of things about Kathleen Kennedy. <laughs> she could see, like, a, a, I, I guess, I guess she can see a definite obvious mess. Um, well, look, she's a great
2: producer. That's all we'll say about that.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, so, right, kind of going back to Scorsese before we go into our, before we watch the trailer and go into the review proper, I, I just have a kind of quick question: What are your favorite Scorsese movies? Jay, you're our guest, so you go first.
1: Um, I don't think I've seen a whole lot of them. Um, I I, I tell I'll say this all the time. I have never seen Goodfellas in one sitting. I've always seen it in bits and pieces, but I've seen all of it. um but i think i think my overall favorite is raging bull um i watched that one for class in school and watched it on the big screen and and like that opening shot my i was it was jaw-dropping um and then my second favorite which i actually watched a couple weeks ago is uh gangs of new york i really like that one
0: great
1: Mm -hmm. uh great performance by uh Who's already been mentioned in this podcast? I've already figured out his name.
0: Daniel Day
2: Lewis.
1: Daniel Day Lewis. Great performance by Daniel Day Lewis.
0: All right. See so yeah, how about you?
2: Well, since we got a first and a second favorite, I'll say my favorite is Goodfellas. Um, I I understand that without The Godfather, Goodfellas wouldn't have existed in the way it was. I get that. I understand that. But my God, Goodfellas just. It's what it's what like solidified the stereotypical mob movie like made like all those bad ones that came out. <laughs> they they get that they get that from this. They get that from Goodfellas. So I just have such a, an appreciation for it. It has such great shots. Uh, the acting's great. Um, usually, an excessive amount of narration can have problems, but in this case, it actually works really well. Um, And my second favorite uh, Scorsese movie probably actually has to be The Last Temptation of Christ uh, because I just like... It's not shot the best. There's definitely some issues with the way they shot it. But from what I've heard on how difficult it was to shoot where they shot, I get it. Like, I'm not too mad. But I just love the way he dealt with that story. And I like that he was... it, It actually it basically told people you can be more free with these stories of christ and religion like like let's be more open about it let's experiment with this we shouldn't be so restricted and so brought down to such finite detail about it and i know famously that movie was protested and people got angry i can understand it offended people but i think well,
1: well, yeah Al, how do you feel about that movie if you don't mind I, us get it into your faith a little bit.
0: Uh, I don't mind it. Um, <laughs> the 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 thing with the film is that like you have to remember it's based off a book written by a devout uh, Catholic. Mm-hmm. Um, I I would say that y- y- you got to remember um, the the context of when this happened. Uh, so, folks. You're all Americans, so you all kind of know that, like, in the '80s and '90s was the height of like evangelical supremacy in Christian communities, and that really spilled over into, uh, into Catholic communities, into into Catholic into the Catholic organizations, right? Like, the Catholics were becoming a little evangelicurious. Let's put it that <laughs> way. And, wow. um,
2: and 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 that no, and, and, no, and I, I, I see what you're saying.
0: So so basically like that Damn. type of that type of like outlook where, oh, anything that even deviates a little bit needs to be is heresy was very much a, a common outlook throughout most Christian communities in the 80s and 90s.
2: So you have to admit that it was at least bold of him to do that. In yeah, that time. yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, ironically enough. Um, I would say that, you know, like for, for folks that I don't know, is that like Mel Gibson's, the passion of the Christ takes from apocrypha stuff. That's not in the, in the theological canon. And no one really raised the stink about that. Um, but by, by that time, the, by that time, the kind of the, the evangel, the evan- evangelical influence in Catholicism had kind of died down. Uh, so now people were like, Oh, okay, it's doing some things that aren't strictly, strictly scripture, but you know, we're fine with it. So I really do think like if the last temptation of the Christ came out in say, I don't know, the two thousands, like the mid two thousands, uh I, I think it wouldn't have been as much of a out outcry, you know. I mean probably people would still be like, Oh my god, uh he marries Mary Magdalene, but I I, I don't think it would be a big deal. Like, for instance, right now, um uh what was his name the director of Lion uh, I forget I forget the I forget the, the the man's name he directed a film where Joaquin Phoenix plays Jesus and he's in love with Mary Magdalene played by Rooney Mara and hmm. I don't think anyone raised a stink about that anymore so so it's in the context of like when it came out where like yeah that movie came out in the in the early 90s late 80s yeah people were going to you know that that was the time of of uh, whoa, whoa, who who's the guy who uh, started Liberty University Jay Jerry Falwell yeah that was the time of, of Falwell that was the time of Pat Robertson so like that's why there was so much outcry but uh,
1: now so mad you called him for that
2: <laughs> well it was I guess my thing is that it wasn't just a little deviation he did he did a pretty drastic one but I thought it was done very like. I thought it was done very tastefully. I guess you could say I, oh, yeah. I understand. Oh, yeah. I understand why people would disagree with what I said there, but like it wasn't like what he depicted wasn't like it was definitely different. But I almost thought he he pulled from something that you could almost believe in an alternate reality. Like you can see this happening. Like you can see, and he still, at the end of the movie, he still resolves with a conclusion that's very positive for a lot of people who believe in that. Like he's not completely going. Also, for the record, I love Willem Dafoe, and he does a very good, he plays a very vulnerable Jesus, which was interesting to see. Like a very questioning Jesus, a Jesus who like really wasn't sure about any of this, and like that was a very interesting take on it. I also know, I think people had a problem with Willem Dafoe at the time playing him, but not for re- the reasons you think. Like, they didn't like the way he looked in this. They didn't think he looked like him at all. But he he actually plays into it very well. But that's also just because Willem Dafoe is a great actor. Um, So, yeah. But, Al, what are your, let's just say, two favorite Scorsese movies? Oh,
0: it should be very obvious. Age of Innocence and New York, New York. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> shut the fuck up no no no, no. Jay J- I don't
0: think you've ever seen any of those movies but they're considered uh, Scorsese's weakest movies okay fair enough uh, uh, yeah. no, the no. weirdly
2: Age of Innocence is making a weird comeback and I'm like no let that be buried please that needs to stay
0: I would say like like I would say Silence is one of them and the, the second one it's either Raging Bull or Gangs of New York um, there you go
2: and let's be clear: the movies you guys have said are all amazing. Raging Bull is fantastic. Yes, that now, opening
0: shot—holy shit! Now, now that being said, if if you were to tell, ask me like, what what Scorsese like? Let's say there's only like the master reels of Scorsese's movies. Which one would you want to be kept? Only because I'm being super selfish.
2: Oh, between um, the two we
0: just said? No, 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 no. So my oh, I any I, of I, them. Of all his films, the ones like it's not like in my top two, but it's a movie that really means a lot to me that I would want preserved is uh, Taxi Driver. And the reason for that was because and uh, you guys are going to judge my dad. <laughs> that was one of the first movies my dad showed me when I was a kid. Um, he probably shouldn't have. <laughs> um, Did he, he know what it was about? <laughs> yes and he really liked it i was i one time i was like dad what movie what's what's a movie you like and and he's like actually i really like this one uh this one called taxi driver and i watched it and i was
2: like huh okay i was i was like five at the time (laughs) if you were five god yeah yeah my dad showed me the exorcist when i was nine and i thought that was a rough parenting choice but damn Um, okay
0: but 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 the thing is is that again that movie is so much associated with my dad in my mind that like i'd be willing to give up everything else just to keep that one like from burning even though it's not like in my top two or top yeah. oh, three well,
2: for me for me i'd preserve goodfellas i'll say it that's the one for me
0: mm, okay i see how about you jay which one would you preserve
1: and pool yeah
0: okay. okay again again like like only because of i'm being selfish about my my feelings towards my old man if, if, if I had only seen that movie, like, as everyone else did, like, when they were edgy teenagers and they had just been like, so we just finished Fight
2: Club, what else should we watch? Oh, dude, if you
0: like Fight Club, you're going to like Taxi Driver.
2: Which um, is not necessarily true for the record. But oh, it is totally true for our generation. No, it's... for No, but here's the thing. Our generation, I think... The generate the kids that love Fight club some of them pretend to like taxi driver but aren't as into it I swear to God but maybe that's just me um because I love Fight club but I'm not as into taxi driver really but that's just all right oh. anyways um let's let's watch the
0: trailer so we can give our review on this movie so that our our review isn't three and a half hours long
2: yes folks let's do it Osage took their name from Missouri and Osage Rivers. Neukonska. Children of the Middle Waters. Move, said the great white father. There are many. So many hungry wolves. Can you find the wolves in this picture? this picture
0: so I really wanted to show the teaser trailer because I think that really captures the mood of the film much better than the at, or some of the full trailers I don't know what you guys think
2: Um, I I think and we'll get into this a little later I think this trailer does best depict the the mood that they are trying to convey and mostly do Um, so I do think for that reason this was the best one to pick in that sense this is what they're trying to I, this is what the movie's trying to convey yeah I'll agree with that
0: okay cool, cool, cool how about you jay any thoughts
1: uh i mean i can't remember the other trailer even though i watched it a dozen times but i mean the trailer does do it this trailer does do a job of conveying the tone of the movie so i mean whichever you felt ne- that you needed to show works for me
0: <laughs> okay um so let me just give a quick like rundown of the film and jay i'm gonna ask you to give your opening thoughts on the film All right, so Colors of the Flower Moon. So basically what it's about is that in the 1920s, the Osage tribe of Native Americans, uh, their reservation turns out has oil and uh, oil is worth more than gold. So so per capita, the Osage Nation becomes the richest group of individuals, I think, in the country and maybe even the continent and the world at the time like they just were loaded um so what happens a bunch of outsiders decide that they need to come live on the reservation and get some of that money either by marrying into osage families or becoming uh guardians because folks this is 1920s america let's just say that uh the united states uh treatment of native americans was still not very good and they had conveniently labeled most full-blooded Osage Nation tribe members as incompetent. In essence, that they needed a financial guardian to give permission for the Osage
2: to use their money. And almost- they couldn't decide. They couldn't decide their destiny for themselves. Basically, yeah. that was the decision the U.S. government decided, which is, of course, fucked up.
0: And but, yeah. and it, almost always, this was this was a white. Guy, usually a banker or a real estate agent or someone who would move in manage their money and you know get some up for the get some for themselves so uh in th- with this as our background uh killers of the flower moon covers a uh, period of time where uh members of the osage nation started being brutally murdered um and this movie kind of covers a section, or not a section, how do I, it covers a group of, a group of victims who were all kind of interrelated, and the conspiracy that happened in order to get these murders, just to get head rights, rights to their oil money, uh, into white people's pockets. So this is what Killers of the Fire Moon is about. Uh, it stars a bevy of Scorsese regulars, Leonardo DiCaprio. Robert De Niro, um, Jesse Plemons, uh, and we have a bunch, and I mean a bunch of newcomers into the Hollywood scene. First and foremost, Lee Gladstone, uh, followed by um, Kara Jade Myers, Janae Collins, Jillian Dion, uh, William uh, Bilal. They're all basically playing a big extended family of Osage Nation members. Uh, We have famous... uh, character, Native American character actress, Tantu Cardinal. Uh, for those that don't remember, she was in Dances with the Wolves. Uh, she was in a few other movies that took place in the Wild West in the 90s, Legends of the Fall. And I remember her from an amazing movie called Wind River, where she plays yes. the, the grandmother of a victim, of the victim in Wind River. So she's in this movie too. We also have Brendan Fraser, uh, Lewis Kent, cancel cancel me who is basically the guy with the chiseled jaw if you guys don't remember who he was um but uh in regards to the newcomers uh have you guys heard the various stories of like where they were in their lives before they got the call that they were casting this
2: no uh, uh, i have that uh,
1: i know that lily Gladstone is but in some other stuff like she's in uh see reservation Dogs. she's in billions she's did a lot of tv and stuff
0: yeah well, actually, so she got on she got on Reservation Dogs because she got cast in Killers of the Flower Moon. Killers of the Flower Moon started shooting, I believe, in 2021. And she appeared on Reservation Dogs starting in 2022. Gotcha. Um, but Billy, huh. she was in Billions before she was in Killers of the Flower Moon. And Billions was kind of like the last thing she was able to get work on. And she was considering to retire and become an acting coach. Um one of the one of the actresses. Who Thank played, God she didn't. One of the actresses who played like her character, one of her character's sisters, was literally like gearing up to go back to school to learn how to code, uh, because she she just wasn't getting any work. Like she was expected to get like work in commercials, she wasn't getting anything, and literally getting the call for this movie changed all their lives. Like
2: really, well, yeah, I think in a lot of still to this day in Hollywood, it's hard enough for up and coming actors to get any work, let alone. Uh Native American actors, it's even more difficult. Um the the roles that they're that directors are willing to give them often, not always, but often, you know, it's very limited. So it's very difficult.
0: Yeah. Uh, in yeah. a lot
2: of ways. Um
0: so so Jay, the floor is yours. What's your review? what's your verdict?
1: Um hmm. this so this movie, this film, this picture, this is if I were to put it into one sentence, I would say that this is a masterpiece that is lost within itself. Um, I think this is expert directing, expert acting, expert cinematography, expert everything except for the editing. Um, when I watched this, I had issues with the pacing and I had issues keeping track of everything going on and who was who and, and all that. So, so I think if there was ever a shorter version of this or a different edit of this, I would want a little bit more clarity on some things and and stuff like that. Um, but all in all, like this is still... A phenomenal movie, um, probably one of the best of the year. Probably will get a lot of attention in award season. Um, I I told you guys right after I saw it, like Lily Gladstone, I I is my pick for best actress right now. Um, I kind of wish we didn't know how involved. Leonardo DiCaprio's character was in all of it until the end. I kind of wish that was more of a mystery, um, which would have kept me more engaged, which would have, uh, maybe helped the pace, maybe, uh, help. You know, keep things interesting. because um, I, I I do remember when we got by the time we got to the courtroom, I was like, okay, I just want to wrap this up, and and. And get to the point of it all, um, so definitely. I mean, I I got fatigued during this. I mean, three and a half hours is a long time for a movie, and I felt that. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's it's I can't I can't say anything less than it's a phenomenal movie, and I can't say anything more than the editing is is where I, I found it lacking. um, So that's my opening thoughts, at least.
0: Those are some harsh rewards for what is considered one of the greatest living editors, Thelma Shoemaker. You're on her shit list, Jay. Just
2: letting no. you know. No. <laughs> so for the record, <laughs> if I can say, Thel- Thelma Shoemaker, she is Marty's editor for a lot of stuff, right? About everything. Writing, for everything. For everything. Can I say, because Jay, everything you said is, exactly on point like it's you you said you nailed it all on the head um i would add and i think we've kind of alluded to this earlier about no one saying no to marty i don't even blame the editor for this because yeah
1: i'm not blaming the editor i'm blaming marty for for his cut Mm -hmm. like he made his own cut and he said i want this and this and this and this and the editor and and she went with it which is fine, like like the the technical parts of the edit is great, the color graded is great, and everything. It's it's the cut of it that I think is the problem, and I think that falls on Scorsese himself.
2: Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to I wanted to clarify that because yes, yeah, no one's denying that she's a fantastic editor. She's been doing it for years. I think because literally what it comes down to, and and Jay, as you said, it's it's with the, you feel those three and a half hours. You really. You feel it. And the thing is, I'm not against long movies. I'm really not. A story like this needs to take its time in being told. But it's down to, like we said, no one said no to Marty. No one said no to him. So it's like, because of that, the pacing of it just drags out. You could have most of the scenes you have in this movie... It's just a little bit. If you lose, if you lose, just honestly, there's a version of this that's like two hours and 45 minutes, or between two hours and 45 minutes and three hours within that range. That's just right. Like, I'm not saying, no one's suggesting here that you need to make this 90 minutes. No, no, no. This is far too sweeping of a, of the, the real story is far too sweeping for that. You do need to treat this as an epic of sorts. But, it's just, yeah, it's, it, it as Jay said, the pacing is just off. And if the whole thing was just a little bit tighter, you still get the grandiose epic feeling, but you don't get, you don't, you, you don't feel your ass hurting in the seat, basically. That's the only difference, really. And, um, and,
1: and the pacing changed, too. Like, the opening, the first 30 minutes of this film is pretty fast. Like, we... We get the background, we get the scenery, we get who's who, uh, all pretty fast. Like they he gets to it, and then it's it's once you hit that halfway point, that's when it starts really slowing down and really like mm. savoring these scenes and moments uh, a bit more. Would you and, say that's
2: right when the wedding happens? Would you say that's the moment things change? Mm. Probably yeah, um,
1: okay. and and also like I I had t- I had issues because I mean how long of a time frame is covered in this movie? Because he meets her, he marries her, they have a kid, and this kid becomes a toddler before the you know before things happen, and it and like I I struggle with that because there's a really great acting moment from Leo, and in the jail cell, and. I felt for him, but like I didn't feel for the moment because what he's reacting to is something that was barely in this at all. You know, if you know what I'm talking about.
2: No, yeah, I think we know. I'm not trying
1: to like spoil things for everyone because I know you guys don't like spoilers, but like, but it's just like, like I felt, I felt for, you know, uh, Molly, uh, Lily Glasson's character because I, I, I watched everything happen to her and I watched. I watched her struggle with it, and I watched her deal with it, and I watched her pain with it, and I, 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 I sympathized with her, but I, I didn't sympathize with anyone else because, like, they were reacting to a lot of things that we just didn't get enough of, and that also hurt, too.
2: Hmm.
1: If that makes any sense, like that, no, I, we, I think that yes. could have, you know, and 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 we mentioned. Narrative because Sc- Scorsese uses narrating a lot too. And, and you guys know my feelings about narration. I could have used more narration in this. <laughs> I really could have, I could have used, you know, just something, something to help me get a hold of where I was, when I was and what it was like, just, just cause I was kind of lost at points myself.
2: Yeah. No, I think, I think you're right. Like it was interesting. It was almost... It was a very weird... Exp- okay. I think the first act and the third act of the movie, they're great. They, they The movie finds themselves. It's just this massive second act where the film kind of just has all these problems that you've been mentioning, Jay. Where you do kind of get lost a bit. And you kind of like are trying to figure out what's happening here. And then the film jumps these perspectives... And you can kind of tell that the, that Marty wanted to focus on other characters at times for a while. And then it's almost like while he was filming, he became very interested in these side characters. Mul- like, multiple side characters. And credit to him, maybe it was because the acting was so good. Because all the acting's amazing in this. Like, particularly the, um, the actor who plays um, the brother... Um, Lily, Lily's brother in this. He is really good. And he plays such a... Again, I don't want to spoil too much, but his character... There's, it's very sad. Like oh, his character's that, very sad.
0: That, he's not her brother. You mean her,
1: her, her former husband? Her former oh, husband.
0: Oh, sorry, you're right. William, See, William Below. William Below, he played mm-hmm. out of the character Henry.
2: And he is, he's so good in this. He's, he's so... Right. He's really, really good. And it's like... I'm watching this happen and I feel for what he's going through because it's rough and it's fucked up. And he's like, you're watching this man lose his way and everyone's looking at him and feeling bad for him. But they're also, also while feeling bad, they're leading him down this bad path. It's really a sick, sad story. Not sick as in sick, that was awesome. As in like, it's genuinely sickening to watch in a sad way. And you watch this and i feel like when they were obviously i doubt this is what was actually happening but when you're watching it it's almost like martin marty like sort of fell in love with the acting of this character and just started focusing on him for a while but then he did that like three more times with other character actors and they're all great they're all really good but like because of that this movie loses its focus at times which is really really unfortunate um,
1: would you would you say the 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 second or fourth act are a bit shapeless?
2: Um, the second act is definitely this shapeless blob, without a doubt. I agree with that completely. Yeah. And I mean, just... and then
1: there are some characters who like you want more from, but that he just like uh, uh. So so the Native American federal officer, uh because he starts showing up and you start like you pick up on what he's doing like within like three times that you've seen him but then the reveal happens that he's with the feds and then it just kind of like goes away and i, I wish they had done more with that too it, so it just it, it feels like martin had focuses on certain things and then didn't focus enough on other things
2: mm-hmm.
1: and that way like we y- y- can't y- focus on things
2: okay you know who they focused on that like was not necessary and okay. There's a character in this. I- I'm going to be vague, but you guys who know who I'm talking about. There's a character with a mustache who has a ton of kids. You know who I'm talking about? Yes. Yeah. That why, why did we focus? I get, I get why he's like an important character kind of, but like, that's an example where there was just too much of this. It's like, again, the guy who played him was great. I'm not saying anything was bad about the guy, but like, there's too much of this. It's like, we don't need all of this on this character. Like, we just need to know what his purpose is and what he's trying to do. But then, like, we keep going back to him a bunch or, like, more... Not a bunch, but more than you... Way more than you would expect. And it's just that example of, like, why do we need this? So much of this going back here. It's like, it just was not necessary. Like, you... We only needed him for three moments, okay? Okay. We needed him in the beginning. We needed him for his most important bit. And we needed him at the, at the end where he says that like he, he could have disappeared. And then you have him at the end where he has that line. Well, let me tell you what I'm going to tell you or however he says it. Like, let me tell you a story. He said, take like, your pen and paper. Yeah. That's, we just need him for those three distinct moments. Not the five other times. At least that's what it felt like to me. Not the five other times that he you was in had it. him
1: like like, like a, side character or background character in other scenes like have him around
2: yeah just so we understand visual exactly so we understand visually that there's some significance yeah and he's like in there um so yeah i'm al 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 we haven't let you talk what what are your what what do you have to say i i actually like the reason i haven't been saying much is because i
0: I really kind of agree with all of you and by by the way uh fun funny little fact of trivia um before I kind of give into my my whole thing um originally when when they were finally going to start shooting this um Leonardo DiCaprio so so have you guys I I know you guys haven't but so this is based off a book and in the book it's told it's literally told from the point of view of of the the federal officer right? yeah the federal officer oh yes Jay you were
2: telling me this yeah
1: and and uh, was it that Scorsese was writing this and then he was like, hang on, this needs to be from a different perspective.
2: Exactly. Um, and- so actually, I, and I'm sorry I'm sorry to jump in there. The re- I think one of the reasons why he decided to do that is he literally met with the living descendants of the Osage tribe, which good for him for doing that. And I, I don't know if that's the moment he decided to change it, but at least I think it helped yeah. him kind of realize that.
0: Yeah. And and so, so um, and w- uh, just let me say, Leonardo DiCaprio was originally going to play the FBI agent and then when things got switched around he got he got cast as the as the husband character but anyway so i'm glad you guys know that so so i i think i, I agree with both of you with, with what you're saying in the sense of like this movie has too much and folks too much is it, it is what it is it's too much if it's too much bad too much good it's still too much there's only so much you can take uh, and it, it really boils down to that. I think, I, I you know how they say that sometimes you got to kill your darlings. Mm-hmm. I, I think Scorsese just fell in love with so many darlings. because mm-hmm. uh, like, it has a lot. It does. It, it really does. Um, there are there are moments in this film where where folks w- when you watch as much as much cinema as the three of us watch. And you you get you get wise to like the 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 habits and the biases of various filmmakers. You can mm-hmm. tell when you're like, oh, this is a this is a moment that that the director really really wanted or really liked. And usually it happens once or twice where you're like, oh, okay, you just had that on there because you're like, oh, this performance is so good. Oh, this shot looks so great. Like Tarantino is guilty of this, you know, where he he literally like. Broadcast like this thing you're watching is because I thought it was cool and I wasn't gonna get rid of it no matter what. Uh, my editor. Hey, do you
1: guys remember my f- fetish? <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah.
0: And in this, like, uh, so so. Uh, Brendan Fraser's in this movie, right? Brendan Fraser's in this movie. And
2: oh, I, almost, I almost forgot that he was in this. <laughs> he's in this movie.
1: Same, same. I was, We got
0: to the part and he's like, oh,
2: yeah, he's in this. Oh, my God. He's,
0: <laughs> he, his so scene funny. is great, and his scene reeked of, oh, Scorsese didn't cut this because he really, really liked it, even though you don't really need it. Um, And this happened over and over and over again. There were some moments that – Overlapped with this is necessary, not to get into spoilers, but a a pretty important character passes away uh, and they pass away in a way that's very like that. That's they they pass away in a way that's just very like it in in, in a serene is the best way I'll put it. Mm -hmm. And I'll be honest, objectively speaking, that scene drags a little bit, a little bit.
1: But, I liked it though.
0: But but the, yeah, it, I wish
1: there was more of that.
0: But it's really really good. It's like yeah. like just yeah. thematically, it's so good, and it's just a relief from everything else we've been watching. Into that point,
2: I was like, I did, did this. But that also helps because that character's acting is real. That the subtlety in that character and that performance of that character is like crazy. Yeah, that's the, it's crazy. Yeah, good. like 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 in a in a
0: in a picture where you're like, okay, we're cut. We're Time, let's kind of make this thing go for like maybe two or three beats and this kind of breathes like as it, it, it turns into a scene proper um, I was like this is really really good I just wish that Scorsese was able to be like <coughs> stuff like this is necessary and then there was other stuff like, like Brendan Fraser where you're like okay that's <laughs> not really necessary oh, there's another scene that I, I immediately knew and I don't know if you guys would agree or disagree let's just say it involves a paddle
1: and yeah, oh, I knew it was about this was I knew I knew this is oh, what you're talking about. Yeah, and,
0: and and I was like I didn't understand that scene. I, no, I, didn't I here, here's, here's my thing with the scene. I was like was uh, that like a
2: historical fact? I, I don't know. I don't, I don't all know. I know,
0: all I know is that it reeked of the director did not want to get rid of this, but this literally like
2: like like it's redundant. There was a lot of redundancy here. I'm um, watching this and I literally thought in my head, what in the eyes wide shut? Now, like what now, the fuck?
0: Now, um, I will say, I will say like this movie was going to be long either way because it's literally dealing with, I would say three to four separate events. Mm-hmm. Ernest meeting Molly. Uh, the, the, the murder of the Osage. The investigation. And the trial, which can be one or – which would be a, uh, its own, two separate things or one big thing, right? Mm-hmm. So, you're, in essence, you're kind of telling like three to four stories that need to be – that have a beginning, a middle, and an end. Uh, so, this movie was going to be long. And I really do think you could have made this a, a nice two and a half hours if you were like, okay – this focus on this particular side character is kind of unnecessary. Um, this focus on a weird scene is kind of unnecessary.
2: Uh, I think we all know the weird scene you're talking about, right? Um, <laughs> it was cool looking, but I'm like, why? Why do we need this? Right? Because here's the thing. That scene is already conveyed through performances. We don't need it. Exactly. Um, and,
0: and really and truly, I, I really just think that Scorsese, because again, this is a passion project. He f- these weren't just his darlings. These were his children, and how can you ask a parent to kill their children? You can't. You can ask them to kill. You can't. their You
1: get a producer to do it for you.
0: Exactly, or you get yeah. a producer who's who's like, "Hey, uh, we need to make money, so fuck you. I'm killing this." But yeah. because Apple was like, huh, "Spend all the money you want. We don't give a fuck." Yeah, they don't care.
2: Yeah. You think you think you think Tim Cook gives a shit? No, he Tim Cook's care. just like, "Yes,
0: we took Scorsese from Netflix."
2: Fuck. Yeah, pretty pretty much. And Scorsese's like, "Yep, yeah, going to Hulu next." <laughs> like, you know, you know that's what he's going to do. And his last movie's going to be on fucking Peacock. Oh like, my Jesus. Oh god. God. <laughs> that that, that, would, that would
1: No, be. it's going to be on uh, Tubi. He's going to bring Tubi back.
2: <laughs> you to be or no, no, you know that, you know that, uh, app free V like, that's it that he does a movie on there for fun. Free freebie, freebie they... is Amazon prime. Oh, I thought that was okay. It's Amazon prime. Okay. Yeah. Uh, they bought it, I guess.
0: Well, well, uh, so when Amazon bought IMDB, they bought IMDB TV. And, oh, and then, and and then they re- renamed it to freebie or free. Gotcha. Or okay. Whatever the, whatever the fuck it was called. Yeah. Um, Oh, and another bit of trivia. Uh, a ton of those side character actors, like the ones you guys were referring to, they were in. If they weren't in No Country for Old Men, they were in. Um, they, there will be blood. No, no, no. Uh, well, oh. yes, actually, uh, they were also shocker. They were also fucking shocker. They were also in True Grit. Shocker again, uh, because fucking all, shocker. All were shot in parts of Oklahoma, and uh, if they weren't character actors who were in
2: that movies, they were country music stars. Well, I know the uh, the guy from the famous gas station scene in No Country for Old Men. He plays. Um, he actually has a one pretty sizable of, role. He does. It's a pretty impressive. But, but he I, plays the banker
0: guy. But again, yeah. there was one scene of him that was necessary, and he's in like six.
2: Well, yeah, that was. Uh, that's what we're saying here. So two the- scenes,
1: maybe, maybe, maybe the first one and the one where where he tells uh, De Niro he's overstepping himself.
0: Yeah, actually that's a good yeah that's, that's great yeah. great great uh great transition. The acting. Please open the floors on on you, the acting. what do you guys think of the acting?
2: I, I think we've got
1: the s- acting was brilliant. Yeah. I, I mean it it's I mean Marty definitely got what he wanted and they definitely put themselves into these character. Um my my only beef is is that Leonardo DiCaprio is about Twenty years older than his character.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's um, mm-hmm. that, that that that's another thing that. So not only is Leonardo DiCaprio twenty years older than his character, Robert De Niro is forty years older than his character. Jesus, the only one who was li- yeah,
1: <laughs> was Lily. Lily, Lily was accurate his, age. Uh, Lily is and, four years younger than her character.
0: Yeah, oh. Lily's four years younger than her character, and Jesse Plemons was like, maybe two three years Didn't older Didn't matter.
1: Than yeah but like it's just it's just like like this is this is where we're coming to where I was talking about the deaging stuff of previous films like it's just it, because it it's tough because one no one's telling Marty no, but two these actors are such big name draws anyways, so no one would tell him no anyways mm-hmm. it's just it's just the trouble with this new era with this. Era of, of Scorsese is he's using the actors he likes to work with, which great, but he's he's not really giving them characters that they should be playing as far as like age and you know, stuff like that.
0: No, you're, you're you know
1: that's that's what takes you out of The Irishman, and that that partially takes me out of Killers of the Flower Moon.
0: Yeah, because a big a big thing a big so in the book. A big red flag in regards to the relationship between Ernest and Molly is that Molly is, like, seven years older than Ernest. And and the, the cop, or the FBI agent, Tom White, he's like, you're, like, a young guy.
1: Yeah, they keep calling him boy. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. you don't buy it. You're no, like, well, what? Well, in the- and it's just like, I'm sorry, he's just he comes into the movie as a veteran of World War One. And there's no way someone would have been in that war at his age and wasn't an officer.
0: Yeah. But Ernest was a
1: cook. It's just like it's just like it 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 took me out.
0: No, and and the thing is, it takes a it takes away a big element in the book from the book, which was like, which was like the FBI agent goes like, "You're a pretty young guy. Why were why why did you marry like a like an older an older Native American woman, an older Osage woman?" That's kind of suspicious, right? And and you, you I mean, you look at you look at Lily Gladstone and Robert De Niro and li- listen. Robert De Niro unfortunately like listen, he always had that like kind of youthful baby face, but now he's cursed <laughs> with like the baby face features and just a bunch of wrinkles and a receding hairline.
2: For the record, Robert De Niro is very good in this. For the record, oh, well, I-, I was going
0: yeah. w- I was going to get to that. So so um in regards to the performances, now that I've said my piece about, like, ages don't match up and uh, Leonardo DiCaprio now looks like a wrinkled baby. <coughs> I, I, have, I have to say, I have to say, Robert De Niro gives one of the most despicable. Like, like, he gives an amazing performance to one of the most despicable human beings I've ever had the displeasure to see on a screen. I literally, every time he was on screen talking about the grand conspiracy that they were all involved in. I had never felt such a more visceral hatred for a, not a fictional character, a historical character in a fictional portrayal where by the time the movie ended, I just kept thinking to myself, like, like why did no one shoot the man like in the face repeatedly over and over again? I hated oh. him that much. Yeah. And and honestly, honestly, I gotta say, that's a testament to the absolute acting genius that is Robert De Niro. Listen, guys, I know we've we've all seen Meet the Fockers. We've all seen <laughs> we, we've, all, we've all seen uh what's the movie called? Bad grandpa. A
2: dirty grandpa. Dirty grandpa. <laughs>
0: we've we've all uh. seen we, we've all seen like the shitty things
2: he's been in since like since he's decided to We've je- seen Analyze That and the sequel to Analyze This. God he, he can
1: afford to be those movies and have fun with it.
2: Mm. But 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 you kind of forgot, like
0: because of those like bad movies, you kind of forgot that like at one point in time Robert De Niro was considered the greatest actor in the world. Just like how people forgot that like Robert Denny Jr. was one of the best actors of his generation. Because of the MCU, up until you watched Oppenheimer, and you were like, "Oh yeah!" At, oh yeah. At one point in time, people were calling you the American Daniel Day Lewis. Oh right.
2: Mm-hmm. And then meth was hell of a drug. Was it meth? It was uh, heroin. What was his drug? Heroin, 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 a-
0: heroin and cocaine.
2: Oh, what a one-two balls, punch on that. Speed balls. Oh, okay, speedballs. Um, and
0: and honestly, I was just so impressed because I, I thought to myself, like. You know, after I saw Oppenheimer, I was like, our, 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 our DJ has it locked down. He has it locked. Who's going to steal Best Supporting Actor? No, no, he
2: still, uh, he
0: still has it, I think. I, 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 I think Robert De, I think old Bob De Niro is going to be like, I need mm-hmm. another Oscar. I need another Oscar. Nah, I'm 80. I, I want to be,
2: <clears throat> would he be the oldest no. Best Supporting Actor? Winner? I don't know. I don't know. But Didn't for that the, just
1: happen recently in the last It year
2: did. Above? With Christopher Plummer it keeps happening for the record <laughs> it, it keeps yeah.
1: Christopher happening was it, his 90, was it his 90s though was
2: he, yeah. uh, God, he yes so he was old oh that's right yeah. for uh all the money in the world yeah no, he no, was in it his it was 90s for beginners that he won no but then he but oh for you what he won yes sorry what he won for yes but he was but then he became the or, or, which he became the oldest also, nominee again
1: also just shout out rdj for best comeback in hollywood ever so you know
0: yeah, speedballs right, happened, but yes.
1: what a great comeback.
0: No, 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 great comeback, and-, and I'm really glad that people remembered, like, oh, yeah, back in the late 80s, early 90s, everyone was saying, like, oh, this guy is going to be, like, the, like, not just a blockbuster star, but just the biggest, just, perf- yeah. like, performer. Um, And, I, you know, Jesse Plemons, he's he's good, he's good, he's good. He's he plays, fun. he plays
2: Jimmy, he plays Jesse Plemons. Yeah, he plays like, Jesse He doesn't Jesse have
1: gets- too much to do, so, you know.
0: Yeah.
2: yeah, Which
1: I think is where Jesse Plemons needs to be is doesn't need to, doesn't have too much to do.
2: But
0: isn't that the best Jesse Plemons? Like I saw a meme where yeah. someone said like anytime Jesse Plemons shows up in the middle of a movie, you're like, Oh, this is going to be good. Yeah. That's all you need. Him yeah. You need him. It's,
1: it's like, it's like where, it, cause we all, we all got to know him in, uh, uh, Breaking Bad. And, you know, he was, he didn't have too much to do, but he had just enough. And, and I think, if, if you do that, you with Jesse Plemons, you've got something good.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, also, um, kind of circling back to Leonardo DiCaprio, one of the – and and I know this was intentional on Scorsese's part because he said as much. And, and, and Jay, you kind of mentioned how it was kind of frustrating for you, and it was frustrating for me. So the character of Ernest is quite possibly the biggest moronic, useful idiot in the history of cinema. The the man's a, the the man's a, an idiot of the highest yeah. caliber. He's he's like I never realized how good Leonardo DiCaprio is at playing stupid, and and, and not just playing like just normal stupid, playing like
1: God, he he went back to what's Eddie Gilbert Grape?
0: Oh Jesus! Yeah, but Whoa. but but we're Ooh. we're talking we're talking Damn. like 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 the, that's a great
1: performance though.
0: It, 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 is. Is, it is a great performance. No, yeah. It is. We're talking, Ernest is that type of stupid where you deep, deep, like you're like, I I know he's not smart enough to realize what's going on, but someone needs to slap him until he, until he like gets into a coma or something. He's that stupid. He's that frustratingly stupid. But what it helps with the film though, is that there's always that question of how complicit is he in the conspiracy? Because again, mm-hmm. he, he's complicit but he's also an idiot like like and a big idiot at that there's a there's a one of in one of the final scenes of the film um not to get into too specific about it but there's a moment where dicaprio plays plays it as like genuine confusion over how someone close to him reacts to an answer he gives like genuine confusion Like Going like, w- what? Well, uh, I, I said I did everything right. I did everything that was supposed to be said. And I literally wanted to scream to the screen like, you idiot! It was so obvious what you needed to say. Oh, you moron. Oh, someone shoot this man. Oh my God. And that's just the strength of like, listen, we make a lot of jokes about Leo DiCaprio. But this really kind of shows another element of his acting repertoire. That I I if you had asked me like do you think Leonardo DiCaprio can play like a good like like just unethical idiot I'd be like I don't know maybe he's good at playing he's obviously great at playing heroes he's good at playing antiheroes he's good um, at playing villains he's good at playing villains but just playing an idiot who kind of fucks everything up
2: I, turns out yes turns out also yes so I, um. Sorry, I'm sorry. And if you if we want to wait on this and this would be a bit of a spoiler situation, but do we want to talk about the ending? Let's, I think we need to talk about that. Let's
0: let's talk
1: the about the very that. ending. Yeah. Yes. We can talk yes. we can talk yes. we can yes. talk
2: about that. Uh just
0: one one thing I want to mention and I would like to get hear your guys' perspective on this too. Sure. Lily Gladstone is a revelation.
2: Oh percent. hundred percent.
0: She by far like has such an incredible presence that as I was watching the movie, it's not it's not common where you're watching a movie and you're like, "Oh, I'm seeing I'm I'm seeing a, a star being born." Oh, okay. Like like oh, I'm yeah. trying to remember the last time this happened.
2: Have you guys seen the clip of after um after the the lights turn on in the audience at the Cannes Film Festival for um for for this movie and literally. They get a camera out and they start focusing on each of the actors. And when they get to her, the audience fucking goes in fucking sane. They lose their mind. And the actor that played her first husband starts doing like an actual chant in the audience because of how proud he is of what has happened. And it's this incredible moment. But you can see they're just all turning and giving her like the, the absolute glory she deserves for this but it's worth it's worth watching you can you skip ahead to just that moment you're like in that moment you realize a star has now been born now in that moment now now
0: here's here's the thing and and listen if if lily gladstone ever hears these words i'd consider it an honor but i just wanted to say listen miss gladstone when you when listen you do not deserve 'Cause I think you're gonna win the Oscar. I really do. And you do not deserve what happens to so many like actors who burst onto the scene, get that Oscar literally in their first or second film, and And they're never heard from again. again. Oh
2: that would be that that would be that that would be the biggest tragedy of of this this film. That should not happen to
0: you. And listen, I know like you're in this awkward situation where you know where the industry has not progressed where they're like oh well if you're if you're a native american actor well that limits your roles no 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 it tell, t- t- tell yeah. them to go fuck themselves tell them to go fuck yeah. themselves tell them like no 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 give give me the romantic comedy that you were about to give to uh uh, Sandra Bullock or Saoirse Ronan? No, 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 no. Please give give me the uh, the action role you were gonna give to Charlize Theron. No, 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 no. You should not be regulated into oh well, Miss Gladstone. You, really, you're you're limited in the type of roles because they did this with the with the guy who the villain in Captain Phillips, where basically he gave an amazing performance and. Was in a couple movies. It was never heard from again. I don't want that
2: happening. They did this. They did this to Gabrielle Sidibe from Precious too. Yes, where they they yeah. she was in that. She's fantastic. They she gets put in one movie with uh with fucking Eddie Murphy, and then we literally never hear from her again. Oh, and she's in a season of American Horror Story too. But that's like she was in one of the biggest movies of that year. Gets in one of the movie. Gets relegated to TV, and then that's it. She's gone. Yeah. No. So that no. that that was fucked up too. Miss like,
0: Gladstone, you
2: tell your agent
0: that while you obviously, obviously want to honor your heritage and would be honored to play any role that represents your background, obviously, that 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 action movie, right? That Marvel movie, that DC movie, that they're like, oh, well, why would we give it to her? You know, no, no. You tell them, fuck you. I want to read for that. Let the let the director. Let the director see my my tape. Because go to
2: Nolan and be like, put me in your fucking movie. Exactly. That would be something to see. Do not she she could she could give a whatever his next idea is. I have no idea, but she could give a performance that a director like that needs. She absolutely could.
0: Do not like, get regulated into like the the bin of like a trivia question of like who was that obscure actress who won the Oscar in twenty twenty four. I don't the, want that happening to Lily Gladstone because she. She has the talent to
2: transcend that. I sincerely believe it. I really, really I haven't think. seen a performance in years where she plays falling in love really well because not just falling in love. She's playing a character that can't believe she's falling in love with who she's falling in love with. It's really good. It's so Like, good. it's really impressive. Like, And then that scene, and I know that I wish the trailer didn't show this part of the performance, but that moment when she's in the basement and she just screams in anger. That is so... Again, we see it in one of the trailers, so we, it kind of gets ruined for us. But that moment where she just fucking loses it and just maintains that almost roar of anger is so, so fucking intense. I know. That any other actress would have just done this like single tear moment, and she just screams for both in... in in sadness and rage cuz she knows what's happening. She plays the character who knows what's happening and knows she's powerless to do anything about it. Exactly. And it's so good. And, and, and right before right before we kind of
0: give our ratings and then talk about the ending. I just want to yes. say the 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 trio of actresses who play her sisters, they're also quite quite good and I really really hope that they have fruitful careers cuz listen, say say what you will. Scorsese found an amazing crop of Native American actors. And like, like, remember, remember when, when we reviewed Prey and we talked (laughs) about the, we talked about the actor who played the older brother. Right. And, Mm -hmm. and the thing is, is like, we're, we're in the, you know, I, I I have to say that one of the things that I I really liked the kind of a trend that I've seen in in Hollywood. Like, and, and sometimes they do things that are a little cringy, but I really do like that. It's kind of been like, hey, you know how, like, we kept ca- casting the same, like, small group of black actors for, like, anything, main, quote-unquote, mainstream Hollywood? You know that there's a pool, a giant pool of black actors that are mostly regulated to, quote-unquote, urban fare that are actually super, super talented? Idris Elba, uh, just, to, just to name probably the most famous example Uh, Mm -hmm. Where they were regulated to Tyler Perry movies and then you realize oh wow we actually have like incredible incredible actors and now they're putting them in stuff that is seen by a wider audience because folks guess what no one's uncomfortable by seeing a a black actor or actress no one is well some people are but those people are trash Uh, Mm um. I want that with, with this crop of Native American actors that we're seeing because I am seeing such an amazing amount of talent. I really, really am. And well, Lily, Lily Gladstone sorry. really is, is like, like I want to see her in more stuff because I, I've, I haven't... Hell, make her a Bond girl. I'm sure she'd be great. I, I have not Ugh. felt this way about an actor since I discovered... Discovered since I got discovered,
2: introduced. Discovered you have way to make. Hold I, on, since back I back the fuck
0: up on that. Since I got introduced to Lakeith Stanfield, where I was. Like, you discovered
2: him. Sure.
0: <laughs> no, when 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 I was introduced to Lakeith Stanfield, I was like, "Well, I'm going to watch everything you make," and now it's Lily Gladstone. I'm going to watch everything she makes. So actually,
2: I'm. Well, go on. I'm sorry. I don't. No, I, I'm done. That. I'm done with my rant. <laughs> so I just wanted to add before we go into. Our final review and then talking about the ending uh and Jay if you don't want to talk about this you don't have to but Jay don't you have some sort of experience with working with one of these actresses in some way or am I mistaken or didn't yeah, you...
1: Tantu cardinal I worked with her for a day wow on the uh second feature film I worked on um she played the grandmother of our main character and uh would
2: you any... her... or sorry
1: uh, no, I didn't get to interact with her too much. I was the second I see on this, but um, uh, we were dealing in uh, some tight spaces, and and that day we were shooting some very very dark dramatic scenes. Um, this film is about suicide, about uh, someone dealing with the fact that their father committed suicide. So, so this was this was one of those days where we had to be like very professional on set, uh, very, you know, quiet, very. Courteous and everything. Um, it was a big deal for us that we had her because you know, we were really pretty excited about that. Um, and I say this, I say this that we had to be very professional and everything. And one of the producers, who was also the father of our uh, main character, threw a stick at me during one of the takes. What? <laughs> and there's a long, there's a long story about that. His name was Nils. Uh, he he was a, I uh, wasn't an extra, but he was. Uh, in the mask, he was one of the bodyguards in the mask. Uh, and his son, uh, Boo Boo Stewart was our main character, and and he liked to mess with me. And during one of these tapes, he just throws a stick at me. And I'm like, "What are you doing? It was supposed to be quiet And, and, and that's a long wow. story, but yeah. Uh, Tantu Cardinal, though, great, great actress, very professional. Was very excited to work with her.
0: Well,
2: wow. I just thought felt-
1: I'm happy that she's still working and still doing great. Oh,
0: anyway. oh yeah. Oh yeah. She yeah. she. she she almost she has no lines in english in this movie and,
2: and uh, yeah. She, yeah. she
0: has one of the most impactful scenes in this film like oh and by the way there there's a scene she has with an owl where i was like
2: <laughs> <laughs> sorry sorry just the way you said that sorry that's just the way you fucking so, said so, that so the scene with an owl
1: dear listeners it's not that kind of scene
2: it's
0: not. <laughs> but but let me let me put it to you this way uh my my uh, my cultural background, we have something similar where when a particular animal pops up, it's like that means something. And, What's the animal? Uh, What's the animal? Well, for us, it's a uh, it's a very very skinny coyote. Okay. Uh, Okay. Like, like, and if it Jane, looks, we gotta, go,
2: we gotta go find a
0: coyote no, 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 quick.
1: This may or no, may not be no, used no, against no. you. So,
0: so, so, sorry. So, it's a very skinny. Coyote. You have told me too much. It's a very skinny coyote, and if it looks at you straight in the eye, you're like, mm. you're told that it means a certain thing, and you're like, well, shit. Okay. And okay. And, and the way I'm I'm assuming that's all that that's kind of like the Osage with owls, and. And like that look she gave, where she where where she connects the dots, I was like, I was like, ma'am, that would be the exact type of look I would have given. I'd be like, well,
2: fuck. But she also has this great scene with one of her daughters that's actually very fascinating as well. That was really a, a very intimate moment they included, mm-hmm. and it's just it's this moment where she's talking with one of the daughters, and she's like confiding in the daughter a bit. And what she's saying out of context is kind of mean in a weird way. But you realize it's the mom trying to pass on some, like, guidance to her daughter in the only way she can. And it's very, it was a very, a very nice... Moment, And it was actually like, that was one of the good moments where, thank God, Marty was like, no, obviously. We, that was one of those, Al, actually, that was one of those moments, the necessary moments, Al, that you're talking about. Yeah. It's like, you needed that. Yeah. And it's like, I'm glad she was, that they kept that part of her in it. Yeah. All right. So, Jay, you're our guest. You
0: give the first rating and then uh C will follow and then I'll follow. And then we'll talk about that ending that is shock. Really? It's, it's being talked about. It is we'll being talked that. about.
1: Okay. Um It's Fox Flush a movie. Then what?
0: Fox uh, Flush movie meh and then sucks.
1: Okay. I'm going to give this It's not a flush, it's not a it's a movie. It's It's a flush. It's 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 right on the edge of those two for me. Um again I think I think just about everything in this is perfect and brilliant and and incredible and at the same time there's a lot that goes against it for me and one of those big things is gonna be gonna be the ending that we're gonna talk about too. Um and and I think I think there's just I'll bump it up to a... It's an unfocused flush. That's what I'll call it.
2: God damn it. That was going to be mine. Damn. (laughs) Damn. Damn. Jay, Jay, you are on Ah. it. God damn it. Ah. Jay, you are on it. give me a rating. This episode was brought to you by Jay Flet. Jay, shit. (laughs) Don't do that, folks. Um, This episode was brought to you by Jay with all... Hitting all the right notes. Um, So... This is... Yeah, okay. What I'm going to say is pretty much what Jay said, but I'll just, for the sake of it, so I can have my own ideas, this is a struggling flush. So, it. I can't you not dick. get... You dick. It's a... <laughs> oh, was that yours too? Uh, no, is that I was, what I was like,
0: okay, he said on focus, I got to find a different
2: word. I was I, so, I
0: was like, looking, I was like, oh, maybe struggling, and ugh.
2: And I say, this uh, is a struggling flush. Like, it, it is. We're not... The, the, the moments that are great are absolutely great, but it's really struggling to get there. Um... You could have made this tighter. Um, ironically, this is a movie that you could have made shorter. And there's another movie I saw recently that should have been longer. Oh, irony. But maybe we'll talk mm-hmm. about that in our top ten. Not, never mind. Not, never mind. We'll get to that later on in a different episode. Fuck. A Struggling Flush. I Al?
0: loved. Do you need a minute? No, need no, no, no. no I, got, I, got, I, got, I got something. Okay. I got something. I absolutely adored the quality of the performance here. Like Robert, Robert De Niro, even though his like, I just remember that the one little critique I wanted to give was that like he started off really strong with the Oklahoma accent and then kind of faltered a bit. But I got to say, I've never hated a villain more. Like I'm I'm struggling to think of a, a villain I've hated as much as I like, not even like love to hate, like straight up. Like I was disgusted every time he appeared on screen. Um, Lily Gladstone, like, again, I, I'm, I'm just floored by what I saw because it just looks so effortless. And it, listen, it takes a lot to be able to have a more powerful presence when you're next to Robert De Niro and Leonardo DiCaprio. She was always, like, the presence in every scene. Like, and, and credit to Leonardo DiCaprio that he was able to make his presence small so that she could she could be the the one that everyone has to look at um there's a scene where they're where they're not talking during a, a thunderstorm that i think it encapsulates it what i'm trying to communicate really well that being said uh there are so many instances where it was so obvious that martin scorsese could not bring himself to cut a scene where he indulged himself way too much and listen i get it apple gave you 200 million <laughs> who's not Jesus going Christ. to indulge a little bit right i mean he's catholic indulgences right
2: <laughs> um sorry
1: should have shot this during lint
0: right Oof.
2: exactly Actually, that, would, that would have been funny um i it's three seconds long
0: instead i Jesus. like Listen, it's really hard for any filmmaker, even one of the talent of Martin Scorsese, to be able to like wield in a sprawling epic. You don't see that a lot. You really don't. It's kind of a dying art if you really think about it. Like, like what was the last like epic where you were like, it's this is super focused? I think the the only one I can really think of was the Lord of the Rings trilogy. The first one, not the not the second one, not the Hobbit trilogy. That that was indulgence. We don't we don't talk about that. Um, but that being said, uh, that being said, it's it's one of those things where it's 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 one of those movies where, like, especially if you don't know the history, like it, it's it's an eye opener because it really, really, incap- it really captures that. <sighs> it, it really captures that dread that the that the Osage Nation must have felt because they were like, why are we dying? Why are we dying? Why are they killing us? What's the point? And then you realize, well, it's for the money. But, you know, that is what it is. Uh, this, to me, was an unyieldly uh, flush. Uh, Scorsese just kind of lost the plot a little bit in just terms of, like, everything he felt like needed to be in here. But that being said, the necessary stuff he knocked out of the park, um, just the length is one that's, like, and especially when there's no intermission. Like at that point I felt like that was a little irresponsible to not include. Like even even Tarantino included an intermission in his like super long movie, but mm-hmm. you know, it is what it is. So that's that's my that's my rating. I'm going to stick to it. Um when this does come out on Apple TV+, Plus, please give it a watch. Make sure you spend a whole day yeah. on it, though, because you're going to be pausing it to be like, okay, I'm too depressed right now. I'm going to go walk my dog to be a little happy.
2: Well, no, what you do is you do what I did for Seven Samurai. You split it up in two days. Watch half of it one day and the other half the very next day. But it's but so
0: dreary. like you kind No, of, I know. That, that's it's, kind of it's the a thing, tough thing watch. That, also does, that also kind of works against it. All right, the ending. Oh, folks, for so those who <clears throat> don't want to be spoiled on the ending, you can stop here. But for those yeah. who are interested in like, why is everyone talking about the ending <clears throat> more like it's always the length, Lily Gladstone and the ending and the ending. Yeah. yeah. That's a, yeah. In that order. So, so uh, yep. See, do you want to explain kind of the ending to our audience?
2: Yeah. So, um, basically, uh, you think the movie ends and then suddenly we are at a, we are on a stage with an audience, full audience, doing a live radio broadcast, but not just any radio broadcast. It is literally like a radio the, basically one of those theatrical radio productions they used to do, like in the forties, right? This is that this like one's when the fifties. In the, the, the fifties, okay, this is in the fifties, yeah. It, but they, okay, yeah, in the fifties, and it is literally like you can even actually. There's a station on satellite radio. I don't know if it's still there, but they used to play like these radio dramas. It's basically a radio drama. And then it suddenly cuts to the fifties and it is a radio drama that is summarizing the end, like what happened to all these people involved, like the, like what actually happened after the trial. Um, and it's literally got all the bells and whistles. That's not a joke. Literally there are bells and whistles. Um, and, are we comfortable with me saying what happens at the very end? Is that okay? Yeah, sure. Okay, so these 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 radio actors are describing what happens at the end. They go through each character, and they say what goes on. And then all of a sudden, you start to hear a voice that any cinephile will recognize. But when I first heard it, I'm like, no way. He did not just do that. But then you hear it more, and then as they're describing what happens... They talk about Lily Gladstone's character and they mention the actual person's obit. And suddenly Martin Scorsese himself appears on camera, talking to the audience and sort of end to the camera, kind of mugging the camera too. And he basically reads about her obit. And it's literally him, the director, like standing there talking about it. Um, And then, for those of
1: you who aren't a millennial, obit is obituary.
2: Yes. Sorry. (laughs) Yes. Sorry. Obituary, obit. And he reads it and it ends. What technically that's not the final shot. The final shot is then this really cool drone shot starting at a drum going out. And you basically, it tells you that the Osage Nation is still alive and well because it's modern Osage, the modern Osage tribe. Uh, doing a traditional um, I will say traditional dance I am not worldly enough to know what it actually was uh, but it, it's a nice drone shot panning out of them doing this traditional dance um, in traditional garb but modern tradition, like garb that they've still made um, and it's just a way the movie is telling you that the tribe as a whole lived on and survived and made it and that that shot of course i don't think anyone here's i don't think anyone had a problem with that shot or anyone had any critiques on that that's even if you didn't have this part that having that shot was nice but yes literally it cuts to a radio drama with martin scorsese at the end walking out and talking about it so that's what happens folks now jay what did you think about that and you can even say what you will what did you think about not, that not not just like not
0: just yay or nay or don't care, but also, like, what did you think it meant?
2: Yes. Because a lot of people have a lot of interesting theories about that, too.
1: What do I think it meant?
2: Yeah. Or why? Or rather, why do you think he did it? Or if you uh, have
1: any. I, all right. All right. So I like the approach to the re, uh, to the, the recapping of what happened to everybody, because we talked about this. scene. this could have been just traditional title cards at the end. Mm-hmm. and it wasn't so so props for that because that's a new creative way and I kind of hope that trend uh, catches on mm-hmm. I also appreciate that drum shot of the Osage Nation uh, circle dance drum circle uh, I don't know the name of it either but but what their tribe is doing um, that's a very good shot that's very appropriate uh, way to, to, to play us out so to speak. Um as far as Marty's cameo. He's he said in multiple interviews that this story was very personal to him and that this, this was something he he felt very strongly about. So I see this as him being like kind of putting The exclamation point to the whole thing, like, like this wasn't Ernest's story. This wasn't Hale's story. This was Molly's story, and this and that was the story that he showed us. Um. And and that's kind of like the point I got from it, but the perception of it. (sighs) I perceive it as this. I perceive it as. He is 50% away from completing Robert De Niro's character's arc in the film. Of a wealthy white man coming to this tribe, promoting this tribe, uh, giving to this tribe, and then benefiting from this tribe. And I'm very uncomfortable with the fact that he did this. And I think it takes away a lot of what he was trying to do with this film. And I think I think it's an honest mistake Um on his part. Like I think I think he's genuinely trying to trying to uh, convey how important the story is and how important the story was to him and 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 everything. But it just paralleled too much for me of Mr. Hale's character in the film and and that's what makes me very uncomfortable about the whole thing so whatever you guys want to go with that
2: Hmm. that's that's a very interesting thought there because i think sorry what were you gonna say oh i I just want
0: i just want to know if you wanted to go or if you you wouldn't mind if i if i kind of go ahead no
2: go ahead go ahead uh
0: you gotta, you gotta see that. I was a little surprised. Where like, we, it, it's a harsh cut too. It's a harsh cut to this radio hall, and one of the people, one of the one of the actors is played by Jack White of all people, and I was like, hey, that's Jack White. Okay, um, and then but then you know, I as I'm watching this scene unfold, I see to myself like. I I, I think I get the point that this horrible, horrible, horrible event just kind of got regulated into, like, fodder for this, like, for this, like, like, trivial, trivial radio show that no one would even remember the name of even 20 years later, right? that that like oh yeah you know this we're, we're just using this as fodder just to sell you like well who was the sponsor like cigarettes or something it was some cigarette it was
2: a cigarette company yeah <laughs> right
0: it was just used fodder to sell cigarettes and and that's kind of offensive and i was like okay that's kind of the point that scorsese is trying to make and uh, wait
2: weren't the cigarettes like they had a native american uh, obviously thing? okay obviously. yeah that's what i i was like I, I didn't want to assume that but i feel
0: like that's what they I, did there i I remember reading like, cause there were so many essays on this, on this finale that I would read them. And I'm like, I think you guys are reading too much into it. I think he was just kind of trying to show like the little shitty cherry on top that for all the horrors, the Osage suffered, they kind of got regulated into the dustbin of history where it's like, Oh, we're just going to use it as father for a radio show. Um, and I, 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 I thought I was understanding the point. I was like, okay, that makes sense. Now, I don't know if you guys are paying attention. Throughout that entire movie, there are, like, three instances where we hear Martin Scorsese's voice off camera. And that was weird to me because throughout the middle of it, I'm like, Scorsese usually, like, if he's going to cameo, he cameos as one thing. He doesn't, like, sprinkle his voice over his entire picture. That's not something he does. And then when you realize, like, oh, what you were really seeing was like the performance of a radio show, and that's why Martin Scorsese's voice kept popping up off camera. I was like, okay, that makes sense. Um, the the thing is, I'm, I guess I'm being more charitable to Scorsese, in the sense that like I I don't think what he was doing was like bad. It was just another symptom of that overindulgence, where I get it. This means a lot to him. This is a passion project. He 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 has to have the last word about it and it's a kind of a tragic last word. But it's that thing of like I don't know. I, I like like I felt like I was watching an after school special where like the the, the guy goes up and's like, Let me tell you the lesson and this is the lesson. <laughs> right? And I thought to myself, like, why do this? You can literally just have someone else do it. I, I just I just feel like I just feel like you were doing that thing like in uh, Don't Don't Be a Menace while drinking your juice in the hood where the director Keenan Ivory Wayans comes up because he's the mailman and he just goes he he just goes "Message, message, <laughs> message." <laughs> That's literally <laughs> what I felt was happening with Scorsese. Was it enough to like dissuade me from liking the movie? No. Uh, Do I think it was – do I think – like, I I don't think it's, like, super, super harmful. I just think it's another symptom of, like, hey, I get it. American icon, sure. This is too – it came off as him brown-nosing himself. And that Mm -hmm. did bug me because I was like – I always always saw Scorsese as a This is something I would have seen Francis Ford Coppola do.
2: Oh, 110%. This is
0: something I would have seen Francis Ford Coppola do. This is something I would have seen Paul Schrader do. This is something I would have seen um, – hell. I, I, this is something
2: Hitchcock did. Yes,
0: yes. And I, I, Scorsese always seemed someone who was a bit more grounded and humble about it. And and it just it, – it didn't come off that way. So, uh, again, I don't think it was – I don't think it was, like, malicious or I, I don't think it, it came from a bad place. But I think someone should have took him aside and said, like, hey, Marty, you know, when you're kind of kind of putting the final dot on it, like in person, when your job is to tell the story and and let the story tell the lesson, it just comes off as like you kind of having a big ego. Like you're making it about you. Yeah, you're making it about you. Um, That being said, the concept of the radio of the radio hall, I thought was genius. Because I thought, okay, it's kind of regulated to the dustbin of history. It's kind of regulated to this. I, I like it. It was just that one thing where I was like, really, Scorsese? You, you're you're going to do that? Okay. Like like when people were making fun of that thing in the 90s where like the director would be like, here's the message of my movie. Like, come on, take a step back. Think about it. I don't know. Maybe,
2: maybe, yeah. I'm, maybe I'm looking too much into it.
0: I don't know. Uh, so see, what would what, you think?
2: Um, I think I am pretty much on the nose with you guys. I think so. When it cut to the radio drama, I re I was like, I was surprised. And I, I think it took me a second to like get through what was happening. Um but to sum it up simply, I liked the radio drama part. I did not love martin scorsese martin Martin scorsese walking out there if you must have someone related to that have lily gladstone herself like the actress walk out and say it if you must have someone related to the movie that to sort of tie it all together in some way do that do anything else but don't uh, what you've both said i don't think martin did this maliciously but i do think having him walk out it just leaves a funny taste in your mouth um but i like the concept of the radio drama because a it's it's a much better version uh it's a much better thing than having a thousand and five title cards which as jay mentioned we talked about and thank god they didn't do that because they had to have a whole scene of this because there would have been a ton of them But I think it's also that and with the cigarette advertising for the cigarettes and Al, of course you mentioned this too about how this horrible story and this, this, what happened to them was sort of relegated to this like advertisement. I think it's also a greater comment about how we have, sometimes we have these really, really tragic stories that deserve respect and, Sometimes what can happen is when you put them in an art form, whether it's film, radio, even video games, you 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 really run a dangerous you can run into a very dangerous situation of exploit exploitation and I'm glad that this movie acknowledged that as a reality, basically saying, "Yes, we made this movie, but look at what can look at what could have like th- this is not meant to be exploitation like look what look what happened years later like look l- yeah basically i think it was a really good comment on that but then it got kind of ruined not ruined but it got messed up by martin marty walking out and saying that and doing that and yeah it was clearly very personal to him but it just it just didn't make sense to have him do that. And it's kind of, that scene is actually kind of a pretty good, like summary of the movie in a lot of ways where all the greatest intentions brilliantly done, but just at the, at at this moment too much at this moment, you know, you, you, you had your, you had, you had your your cake and ate it five times. It's like, you, you could, he could have held back a bit, but he just couldn't, he just couldn't for whatever reason there because he, yeah, I, So I love the concept, but the moment he walked out, he made it about him, and that is n- this is not the story you want to do that with. I, it's really
0: not. I've always, and we've the three of us have talked about this many, many times, I've always been an advocate that if there is a story, a historical event, a historical figure that speaks to you as a filmmaker, you should try to tell that story no matter what. Um, uh, like for instance, if you're uh, if you're a Japanese filmmaker and you want to you want to make a movie about Martin Luther King Jr., go at it. No one should stop you if it truly means that much to you. Now that being said, um, it kind of reeks of 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 ego at best, and like just bad taste at worst. If then you come out like as a white guy, an Asian guy, what have you, and you start talking about the horrors of like of like what black people suffered through during the civil rights era, and like you're trying to make yourself seem like, aren't I special for for making this movie and talking to you about this? Like at that like that's the thing. It's like when when you make yourself the center of attention, which when you're the focus of the scene that's what you're gonna that that's what's gonna happen like the focus of the scene was not Jack white the focus of the scene was not uh, the other actors the focus on the scene was the character that Martin Scorsese was playing and that right there is is the issue is that like then it just seemed like he was making it about like aren't I special for making this movie and maybe it was you know, also it was...
1: the only solo shot too yeah it was the only shot where it was just him
2: and, and, and yeah. listen I I it's I, like he walked out and went, You're welcome, everyone. It's like we didn't, we weren't saying thank you yet for the record. And, yeah. <laughs> and 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 no, that that's
0: exactly right. And the thing is, is that he I guarantee you that that was the furthest thing from his mind. The furthest thing from his mind. But I refuse to believe that because you know, movies like this get screened over and over and over again. That no one, not even anyone from Apple, would turn to him and be like, hey. This doesn't play well. Like I, I know, I know, I know your intention. I know what you were trying to do, but this doesn't play well. Is there a way we can tweak it? Is there anything we can do? Like, like, like you know who Martin Scorsese should have been? He should have been the announcer. That's fine. Yeah, if he's the announcer,
1: yeah,
0: that's yeah. fine.
1: Totally okay with that. Yeah.
0: yeah, he 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 was the announcer. Um, you have someone else read that. Um. Obviously, it wouldn't make sense to have like to to have like a Native American performer in that situation cuz obviously But
2: I'm just saying like if you had uh, if you had Lily at the end walk out and just have at this moment where it's her as the per- as a person there, there's, there's, saying there's, there's this. a way
0: to conceptualize this where it's it doesn't come off as tone deaf whether yes. incidentally or accidentally. Mm. Um there is there's a way to conceptualize this. It, it's just again, for me personally, I don't think it was bad taste. I just think it just reeked of like ego. And listen, he's a, he's a famed Hollywood filmmaker. Of course, even though he comes off as super humble, of course he has a bit of an ego. I just felt like doing that was beneath him. You know, doing that was not something I expected him to do. I expect that from Scorsese. I expect that from, or not Scorsese. I expect that from Coppola, Schrader. Uh, Shit. I expect that from Ridley Scott. He thinks he's top shit. Um, Tarantino. Tar- yes, Tarantino. Like, oh my god! I would be shocked if it, it <laughs> wasn't Tarantino. Like, <laughs> like, Can you imagine no, no, no. if it cuts, it's just Tarantino saying that you're like, hold on, no, up. no, but you know wait what? Wait a fucking that- minute. Tarantino has made it very clear his stance on those kind of things, and I accept it. I'm like, yeah, what? What did you expect? It's Quentin Tarantino. But Scorsese always seemed like he was above that, and I think that's kind of why everyone was kind of like, wait, what? The like, he just pulled a Tarantino. What the hell? That's like mm. the, Spike Lee. This is something Spike Lee does all the time. Yeah. 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 Uh, but not. He does it a lot.
1: <laughs> but that's Spike Lee's style.
0: Exactly. This, this isn't T- Scorsese's style. But, yeah. you know.
1: Like, Scorsese could have done this in The Irishman and it would, would have been okay. Yeah. I think. But because it's this story and this group of people who have had atrocities committed against them. And he is not a part of them. Uh, it, it, it just it, it's it's a bit of a white savior complex at at the core of it, really. And and you're right, it's all ego. And I'm I I don't know I'm uncomfortable with it. I didn't like it. It, it left a bad taste on my mouth. Walking out of the theater.
0: Hmm. Is there anything else you want to add, see? Um,
2: I think. You know, this movie is actually a great movie to show film students years from now. Not, be- not because of its perfection, but because of its imperfections. And it's a great example of- to show students a movie that like, almost gets it, but then makes mistakes. It's like that's actually a great movie to show because it's it's just as important to see good movies as it is bad movies. But it's really interesting to see a movie that has really amazing moments and has really bad moments, and to get the students talking about like what those moments were and what could have been done and like how do, like why why do you think he did this? It's like this is actually a great movie for that purpose. I because, I, yeah. I, I think this along with The Irishman is
0: gonna be like, hey. What happens when you give a master at their craft unlimited resources and you get you get you get either stuff that's that's very, very, very flawed, but has brilliant moments. or You get something that's pretty brilliant, but has a lot of flawed moments. Mm -hmm. Um, And I agree with you. I I think like just watching this and remembering the Irishman, I, I remember when I told you like Irishman too long. Some stuff in there is hilariously bad. Oh, but when it hits, when it knocks it out of the
2: park, sure. you're like, Oh, good fella Scorsese is back, yeah, baby. But it hits like a fourth of the time. Yeah, no, and and then Or a third if you're being generous. Yeah,
0: and, and in this, obviously much, much better. It's just yeah. it's just those things of like like why was this in here? Why are we kinda of taking this detour, this narrative detour? Oh, okay, he kind of made the whole thing about himself at the end? All right, I guess. But, yeah. you know, uh, I, I listen, uh, I, Tarantino ironically said this. There is nothing more fascinating than when you see a master, an absolute master at filmmaking, whiff at something. That, that's why he still loves watching Brian De Palma movies, even the, the ones that got really, really bad. And I, I think that's true for Scorsese too. I don't think this is anywhere near... I don't think this is anywhere near Scorsese's worst movie. I think this is like no. kind of top of the pack, in the sense of like people. Will but pop- it's a
2: it's a, it's at the bottom of the top of the pack. Yeah, in my opinion. yeah,
0: yeah. Um, but no, and, and honestly, it's 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 really good to like because it, it's really interesting. I think this is the first review where the three of us have kind of all been like. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, pretty much, pretty much, pretty much.
2: No, like this is the one we are the most, not since the top 10 bottom five where we all said the same movies just in different order. Like this is the most we've been on pretty much sync. Like Jay would say something and we're like, damn it, that's what I was going to say. And then we just keep going. But um, yeah, does anyone else want to say anything before we wrap this up? No, I'm good. Jay?
1: No, I think I've said all I could say.
2: Yeah. All right. This has been What Do You
0: Think? I'm Al. I'm C. And this has been our guest, Jay. Wait. Oh, ah,
2: fuck. I forgot. Oh, yeah. yeah. Let him talk. What?
0: What? What?
1: We I never get we this, had this right. This down. We ne-
2: no, we never do. Jesus. All yeah. right. Let's do it again. I've right, been
1: on the podcast for six months. Oh my God.
2: From the top. Okay. All right. This has been
0: What Do You Think? I'm Al. I'm C.
1: And I'm Jay.
2: <sighs> Good night, everybody.
1: Good night.